the 1870s, American middle-class amateur gardeners were favoring the old-fashioned, natural, more healthy American garden over the structured, contrived European garden. And um, the magazines, there were so many magazines in which women and families were encouraged to make their lives more natural, more authentic. House and Garden, Country Life in America, The Garden Magazine, The Craftsman. They included a tremendous number of articles about how to use indigenous plants and how to uh, shape your environment so that it helped you relax with nature on your doorstep. Straddling that threshold between art and nature was Albert R. Valentine, a Cincinnati native who, from the age of 19, had specialized in floral decoration for the city's world-renowned Rookwood pottery. A.R. Valentine spent 20 years at Rookwood, where he also met his wife, the artist and fellow decorator Anna Bookprinter. On a sabbatical in Germany, Valentine became interested in botanical illustration. After he went to Germany, he went out to California, and there he did a, about 150 plant portraits of California flora. Nan Brewer is the IU Art Museum's Lucien M. Globinger Curator of Works on Paper. There was a, a kind of a new interest in the study of regional um, plants, and so he really thought of this as, as possibly an opportunity. And then in 1908, he went out again and found a patron Ellen Browning Scripps, who commissioned him to do a whole study of California wildflowers. Now, I'm not sure that either of them really knew what they were getting into. You know, he ended up working on this for 10 years and did over a thousand of these plant portraits. About 80 of Valentin's watercolor renditions of indigenous California plants are on view at the IU Art Museum as part of a traveling show organized by the San Diego Natural History Museum in conjunction with the Irvine Museum. Nan Brewer illuminated some of the intention behind the commission that resulted in the project, of which we see an excerpt in Plant Portraits, The California Legacy of A.R. Valentine. This project, since it was sponsored by Mrs. Scripps, was she had a real interest in both supporting the artist and the beauty of, of Florilegium, the beauty of these floral designs, but she also was interested in kind of early ecology. Um, so for her... It was not only that she just wanted a beautiful book of plants, but she wanted a beautiful book of, of wildflowers from her own native region. So, so that was one of the things she thought. And I think over time, we know many of these plants are now rare. And so it just serves a new function. And I'm not sure 100% how aware they were of that, but I think she knew it was important in some ways to document these, these wildflowers. And again, I, I, it went on for 10 years because there were so many there was such biodiversity in the California region. A master gardener well acquainted with Indiana's biodiversity is Moya Andrews, Indiana University Professor Emerita of Speech and Hearing Sciences and author of the recently published IU Press title, Perennials Short and Tall. Let's go over and look at the mm-hmm. picture. He seems to take delight in these unique characteristics and in these kind of unusual things that that nature presents him with. And I'm impressed with some of these varieties that he has lovingly rendered because I, I, I can imagine so many of these 
being yanked out just exactly as they're depicted here yes. as nothing more than common weeds by certain gardeners. Yes, because and they have a lax habit, too. They look sort of weedy, and they often flop over a bit. <sighs> and so they don't look tidy uh, like an annual looks, for instance, where you can, you can line them all up and make everything look uh, symmetrical. Uh, symmetry isn't as important in a wild garden where plants lean on each other and uh, weave in amongst other uh, plants. But all through the 1930s, when cultural naturalism thrived, um, this unique American gardening style came to its fruition. And the whole idea of naturalistic gardens preserving traditional values against the onslaught of the vulgar, the um, modernization and vulgarization of lifestyles. They're wonderful lilies, of course. Some of these lilies don't grow in southern Indiana because they're too tender, but they're similar to varieties that we can grow here. Here's one, the Washington lily. When they bloom, many of them have an intoxicating perfume. Mm. And these lilies, the uh, Humboldt lilies, have reflexed petals and spots and stamens with really big pollen pieces on the end. <laughs> his, his rendering is so incredible in the way that it evokes the tactile sense. Yes. You can almost feel that powdery pollen right. on those stamens. You know you, if you brush against it, it's going to get on your clothes and you'll never get it out. <laughs> I have many. The mariposa lily is one, oh. too, that we can't grow, but it is beautiful. Oh. That pink against mm. that gray background is just stunning. Well, I was reading about why he chose the gray background, because it would make the colors stand out, and especially the whites. And you can see the white in this mariposa lily is so beautiful in relation to that gray background. He obviously had a great affinity with plants and a tremendous way of identifying their uniqueness and conveying it so that it, today it just jumps out of his portraits of the flowers. For WFIU's Artworks, I'm Yael Cassander.